first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Benjamin Price, and today we'll be talking about the current war, studio movie grill, playing with fire, and the Middleburg Film Festival. First, let's talk with director Sergio Pablos about Klaus. So, let's get right into it. First of all, congratulations on the film. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, You run a company called Sergio Pablos Animation. What things did you take from your past experiences working on films like Rio and Despicable Me to the production of Klaus? Well, I was, yeah, for several years on, on Rio, I was the character designer, so definitely that helped. Despicable Me, I created the original idea, um, and before that I worked at Disney for several years, and I was a traditional hand-drawn animator, so that's why we decided to make Klaus as a hand-drawn film, and that, was, that came in handy. Um, and what was the most difficult part of bringing Klaus to fruition? Um, figuring out a way to, um, you know, tell tell the story with traditional animation, but we have to modernize it. So we didn't want it to look exactly like the old traditional animated films. We wanted to push it forward. So we ended up developing several systems to be able to add volumetric lighting to characters. So it, hopefully it feels like you're watching a storybook come to life. That was the goal. Well, that is... Um that is what the result was. I thought the animation in this film was really fascinating. Um, and can you explain why you decided to go with this for the or the, this style for the look of the film? When I came up with the story, it just felt right. It felt that it had the very organic and nostalgic qualities, and that's exactly what I like about traditional animation. It seemed like a perfect match. So um, so that's why we decided to go that way. It was gonna, not going to be easy because we haven't made this kind of film for a long time. And it's hard to find the talent for it. But we went around the world and the people flocked to the studio to be able to work on this because uh, there's a lot of people still passionate about, about hand-drawn animation. What le- one lesson from making this film will you bring to your work in the future? Um, probably... Um, probably... Uh, it would have been useful to have a little more time to figure out the story before we started making the film. At one point, things overlap too much, and we were trying to figure it out as we're trying to make it at the same time. And that just puts too much pressure on us. So hopefully in the future, we're going to give ourselves a bit more time to work on this story before we start making the film. And um, speaking of lessons, what lesson do you want for audiences to take away from the film? Well, two things. The central message to the story is, uh, you know, the power of kindness and the, the contagious quality of kindness. And, you know, if people watch a film and they get that, you know, warm feeling in their in their stomach leaving the film and if somebody happens to hold a door for somebody, that's already something, right? So that's important to us. And uh, then the other thing is uh, having chosen to do this traditionally, we would hope that other companies would also choose to consider that route as opposed to going immediately to the mainstream CGI as a default. Um, I'm curious, what what sort of inspired you to go into animation, and like, what what films? Um, I wanted to be an animator since I was a kid. My parents tell me I was five when I first told them I wanted to be an animator. 
um, because I love to draw. And when I found out that animation was accomplished through drawings, I felt, well, that was that's the best kind of drawing. If you can make your drawings come to life. So I set off to really devote myself to, to learn that medium, right? Um, and probably the film that did it for me was uh, Jungle Book. I remember sitting on a open-air theater. I must have been nine or so. And uh, I just was transfixed by the film. And it started pouring. And my parents said, let's go home. And I said, no, I'm not moving. And I just sat there soaking wet until the film ended because I just wouldn't, I wouldn't be moved. <laughs> um, you have a writing credit on the first Despicable Me. What is it like to see that franchise grow to what it's become? Oh, I was not expecting that at all. <laughs> I was just trying to make a good film. And, um, and it seemed like a fun story. And when I finally saw the end result, I, I was really impressed. But I did not realize this was the beginning of a huge franchise that was going to keep happening. It certainly has helped me. I mean, it definitely opens a lot of doors to say, hey, I was involved in the first Speakable Me. Doors open more easily that way. So let's, let's hope they keep making them and making them good. Uh yeah. <laughs> so this this movie's about the origin of the legend of Santa Claus. I'm curious, what was your relationship to the legend of Santa Claus prior to making this film? And how has its value changed for you personally um over the course of making Klaus? Well, I wanted to um I wanted to, you know, make an origin story. Um I was looking for the right character. I, I wrote down a whole bunch of names for historical and fictional characters. Like you could find names like Napoleon or Dracula in that list. And then I landed on Santa Claus and I said, well, that's interesting. There's no widely accepted origin story for Santa. I mean, you can look at the religious origin story. You can look at the, the historical origin story or many traditions around the globe. Uh, but you couldn't really find one that was the definitive one. And I said, that'd be really cool to do. So, um, and I guess I thought it was going to be um, a fun uh, film, a lot of comedy, and hopefully a lot of heart. But what surprised me is like really the depth of the heart that it ended up having. You know, audiences really, really respond to it. And it's hard to not see a sea of, you know, moist eyes after every screening we've had, you know, and that's really satisfying. So, you know, I, I hope to. Uh, continue to be able to replicate that in, in the next films. You know, make sure that people get to laugh but also cry. Um, you know, te tears of sorrow and then tears of joy. That's the perfect formula if you can get it, you know. So um, I'll continue to look for that. Yeah, I found the message to be very moving. So I think you succeeded. Um, Thank you. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we're talking about the Current War Studio Movie Grill, Playing with Fire, and the Middleburg Film Festival. And right now I'm talking to director Sergio Pablos about the film Klaus. So Netflix is drastically changing the Hollywood landscape day by day. What were the differences in working with Netflix versus a studio like Warner Brothers or Universal? Well, the first thing that I noticed was that I was being given complete freedom, which is a rare thing. Normally when you work with the studios, it's a permanent negotiation between what the film you want to do and the film the studio wants to produce. And in this particular case, they told me early on, no, just go make your film, and they meant it. I mean, every time we screened uh, a work in progress of the film, we did get notes, and some of those notes were super useful, and we incorporated them. But every now and then there would be notes that I wouldn't be so 
happy about and not completely agree with them that I would be, you know, I would shyly bring up to them that I'm not sure about this. And they said, well, don't do them. It's your film, which is unheard of. You know, like you, that would never happen in one of the big studios. You would do yeah. to, you were supposed to address those notes. So on the one hand, we have absolute freedom, which means I got to make the film I wanted to make. And the downside to that is that if the film is not good, then that's on me. So I got no one to blame if that happens. Yeah, that's really interesting. I was wondering, so you have the basic idea of um, the creation of the legend of Santa Claus through the movie. I'm curious where um, where the postman character came in, because he takes on a very vital role in the film. Yeah, well, the first, when you first try to make a film with Santa, you think Santa's going to be the main character, right? Yeah. Uh, but I realized that didn't really give me a lot of play. And I thought, well, if Santa Claus is a symbol for generosity and altruism, then I need another character who's my main character who's going to have to learn that lesson. Because stories about change. So we needed someone to go through that change. So that's when I started, you know, thinking about what could be that guy. Well, how about a postman who's desperate to get some letters going in this remote town? And uh, in doing so, he has no other solution than to essentially scam everybody in order to get those letters flowing by kind of uh, suggesting writing letters in exchange for toys. And I thought that that could be a lot of fun if I could get this guy to inadvertently bring about Santa Claus without really realizing what he's doing. That could be a lot of fun. Um, and can you talk a little bit, a bit about the casting process, um, at least from your perspective? I thought uh, Jason Schwartzman as the mailman mm-hmm. and um, – J.K. Simmons as Santa Claus. I thought the casting was pretty spot on. Yeah, that was something. Uh, we, we work with uh, great casting directors, and they the first list they sent, they sent a list of uh, five or six names for uh, for Klaus. And on the top of the list, it was J.K. Simmons, and I didn't even bother to look at the rest of them. I said, <laughs> if you can get him, get him, because he would be awesome. And to my amazement, he said yes. So I was like, well, at least we got that, right? Uh, Jesper took longer. To, to cast because he was a very tricky character. It's very easy when you have a character who's not ideal, like Jesper is, somebody who's full of flaws, and uh, that the danger is that he might become unlikable to the audience. And uh, I've worked on films where that barrier was never overcome, so I was very concerned about that. And then when Jake, uh, when Jason came in, we spent a good amount of time working together to try to figure it out. He came up with a whole bunch of ideas. He brought some clips to the recording session. I can play him like this, or I can play him like that. And uh, and it took a couple of sessions for him to land exactly that sweet spot where you love to hate this guy, you know, uh, because it's very easy to just hate him. And you just gotta be able to, uh, to be entertained by his, uh, you know, punishing this guy for his behavior, essentially. And, and Jason, it's so much improvisation, like uh, probably 60% of the lines in the film, uh, you know, were rewritten on the fly by him, just coming up with crazy uh, improvs. And, and we just took it all in and we tried to use as much of it as we could. He was fantastic. So you worked on a, uh, you worked as a character designer on a goofy movie in Hercules. So um, what character design from Klaus are you most proud of? Well, I didn't really handle character design. I have an amazing artist, a German artist by the name of Thorsten Schrank, who is a, a powerhouse in himself. It usually takes about five people 
in a crew of character design to figure all the characters out. Well, he essentially did this whole thing by himself. I mean, he did have some extra help later on, but it's it's really difficult to find somebody who can do the concept phase, which is basically coming up with the, all the different possible solutions for the character, but also then do a polished version to get it ready for animation. I would say the biggest um, accomplishment that I can note out of his work was that there's so, we spent a lot of time working on Klaus's eyes. He needed to be a tough guy, but we needed to be able to see that there was a soul inside, you know, and it took a while, but man, he, he nailed it. And now when you look at this guy's eyes, you, you can certainly feel that, that personality inside. Uh, so I'm really proud of him for that. Once again, congratulations on the film, and thank you for the interview. Well, thank you. So Klaus will be in limited release on November 8th, and it heads to Netflix on November 15th, just in time for Christmas. Let's take a break. I'm Benjamin, or you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Sonic Boom Season 2, Volume 1. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Sahiba and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've just been talking with Sergio Pablos on Klaus and next I'll be talking with Ethan on The Current War. Welcome to the show, Ethan. Hi. Hi, so can you tell me um, a little bit about the story and what you thought of The Current War? So, um, I really like this movie a lot, and it taught me a bunch of history that I never knew. And they used some really cool characters, like Benedict Cumberbatch, which is actually Doctor Strange, Michael Shannon, which is General Zod, and Tom Holland from Spider-Man. Nice, yeah, it's a pretty awesome cast. And what did you think of their acting? It was really good. 
Nice. Can you elaborate a little more why you thought it was really good? Um, because it was teaching history about how Thomas Edison, George Westinghouse, and Nikola Tesla, who competed for influencing the future of the world. Wow, that's really amazing. And so, how did watching this make you feel? Was it exciting? Um, it was really good because it's just like you never get to see a movie with this much history in it. It's usually just like fiction or like scientific fiction, but this was just history. Yeah, that is interesting. And what were some of the new things that you learned? So, I learned about Thomas Edison and how he and George Westinghouse had a competition and they were making new things constantly and how Nikola Tesla was the one who actually found out that it's not just bulbs that use energy it's other things too that's which it's really cool because they named a car after him yeah, that is, like, some really cool facts about um, Thomas Edison. So, what were your thoughts on the set design? I know it's, like, um, dated in the 1800s, so what did you think of it? It was really good, but the graphics were a little bit too dark to see some scenes. Okay, and did you like this darkness? Do you think it was a, was a positive in the film? Um... I don't think that they meant to, like, make it as, a like, it was a little too dark on some scenes, but I don't think they meant to do that. Okay. And so what did you think about the costumes? Uh, it was really good because it actually looks like it was back then. Because I don't know the exact time and date, but I know it was really far back. So they had the little top hats and the suits and it looks so funny. That's nice. And um, what are your thoughts on, like, the characters and their development throughout the film? Um, I like how... It, I thought this was just going to be how Thomas Edison and George Westenhouse had a competition. But it turned out George was actually, at first, trying to be friends with Thomas Edison and work together. But Thomas Edison liked his fame too much. So he said no. So that's why they started competing. Oh, wow. I never knew that. That is very interesting. And did they also portray, like, um, this sort of change from this friendship to, in like, an intense rivalry? Yeah, they were, like, all at it going bam, bam, bam. And then I'm pretty sure George Westenhouse won because if you – because it's, it's history <laughs> – but um, I knew before the movie, I'm pretty sure he won the competition. Nice, yeah, I'm not too sure. I'll have to go and watch the film. <laughs> <laughs> but um, did you have a favorite character throughout the film? It was probably Nikola Tesla because he, he was an immigrant and they made fun of him because they were like, only light bulbs can have energy. But he was like the he was he was saying that energy can power other things, but people didn't believe him. And it turns out he was actually really he he made something without a bulb and he proved everyone wrong. Yeah, that's really inspiring. I um those stories that's a really good story. And um so finally, what would you say the age range and star rating should be? 
I'd recommend it ages 10 to 18, and adults can join too. And I'd give this movie a definite 5 out of 5 stars, because it was probably one of the best movies I've ever seen. Wow, that's awesome. I'm super excited to watch this now. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you so much, Ethan, for talking to me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. (laughs) Of course. And so be sure to check out The Current War in theaters today. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Klaus, The Current War, Studio Movie Grill, Playing With Fire, and the Middleburg Film Festival. And right now I'm going to be talking with Jerry about the Studio Movie Grill. Welcome to the show, Jerry. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be on the show. I'm excited to talk to you about this. It seems like a unique experience you had. So can you tell us a little bit about this theater and what your thoughts were about it? Absolutely. So Studio Movie Grill is a line of luxury theaters across the United States. What makes them unique is that in every single theater, they have luxury seats, full-on recliners. And what makes them really unique is that Instead of going to a concession stand, you can actually order food from your seat, and it's not just popcorn and hot dogs. They have a full-blown menu that's custom to each location. I was there covering the opening of their brand-new location in Glendale, which has a very Californian um, – it has a very Californian uh, food palette as well as very advanced projectors and brand-new space and everything. Wow, that sounds like a wonderful movie theater. So can you tell me a bit about the layout and some of the different things that the Studio Movie Grill has to offer? Absolutely. So this location in Glendale, it has 10 theaters. And as the CEO, Brian Schultz, told me, it's tailored for the studios to have premieres and events, things like that. So you have big open spaces for uh, socializing and getting a drink if you're over 21. For the kids, there's a lot of wonderful places to relax. There's a lot of great theaters with very comfortable seating. Each uh, seat in this theater, they're very advanced. They have some really amazing features. Like, of course, you can recline it. You can adjust the head position. It has two charging ports. It has a little light for you. It has a table for your food and a lot of other things like that just to make sure you're extremely comfortable in the theater. Wow, that sounds like a really, really advanced and fun place to go watch a movie. And so um, you mentioned that you got to talk with the CEO, Brian Schultz. Can you tell me a little bit more about your interview with him, what you learned and um, what he had to share about this new theater? Absolutely. So I spoke to Brian Schultz about both his experience as CEO in the business world, as well as his story with Studio Movie Grill. And he was stated, he was telling me that this was the original location they wanted to open. Studio Movie Grill is a large line of theaters. They've been around for quite a while, but this was the very first location he wanted. He now can only now can open it up. So he was very happy to have the opening. And he was telling me a lot about how Studio Movie Girl is different from other theaters, how he wants them to really be able to communicate emotions and connect to the audience. You know, he wants them to have a positive experience, but he also wants to give back to the community. Uh, He talked a lot about this program that they have where Every time you get a reward, like for uh, watching a movie or something like that, there are some charitable ventures that get that get some money from that as well. So he was describing things like that and also talking a little bit about the development process for the theater. He was stating how they went all over the world trying the most comfortable seats possible. 
And it was just fascinating to hear him talk about how they tried to develop this theater to be as perfect as possible for the audience member, which you don't see a lot in the theater industry. Yeah, wow. It's surprising how much work um, goes into building a movie theater. And do you feel that um, all this work that, um, you know, he's told you really pays off and um, is visible in the movie theater? Oh, absolutely. And something I like is that there's really something for everyone in the menu and just the experience. You know, there's a lot of different movies. They show all the newest movies, especially in a large location like that with 10 theaters. And the menu varies by location. I know they have some locations in New Mexico that has a completely different uh, menu than the California ones, which I thought was really great and just showed how much detail they put into the locations to ensure that they're perfect for every individual. Yeah, that is really um, thoughtful. And, you know, I'm sure the movie theater would be a wonderful place to visit. And if I'm ever there, I would definitely be like on my number one list of places to visit. And so finally, Jerry, um, how would you rate your visit through this movie theater out of five stars? Absolutely five out of five stars. The seats are comfortable. I've been to one of their other locations, Downey, and the food is delicious. And the Glendale food is also absolutely delicious. Everything's very clean. Everything's very new. Everyone is incredibly nice. The service at these theaters is some of the best you'll see in any theaters in the country. So I'd absolutely recommend anyone to go to the closest location to them. So overall, five out of five stars. Nice. Well, it's been such a pleasure to speak with you, Jerry, about this exciting new opportunity here in California. So thank you. Thank you very much. And so be sure to check out this new movie theater studio, Movie Grill, in Glendale, California. Let's take a break. I'm Sahiba, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Sonic Boom Season 2, Volume 1. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Voice America. 
are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Benjamin Price, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking with the director of Klaus, Sergio Pablos. We've been talking about the current war in studio movie Grill. And right now, we'll be talking with Leandro about playing with fire. So how are you doing today, Leandro? I'm good, thank you. So uh, if you had to describe playing with fire in one word, what would it be and why? Funny. Um, it was. I would describe it as funny because it was really funny. All the actors in the movie made it hilarious. They cracked me up. I was laughing throughout the whole movie. And yeah. Um, and what is Playing With Fire about? Playing With Fire is about is about Jake Carson. He's a superintendent, um, and his um, elite team of firefighters, they're all smoke jumpers. And one, in one time, there's a fire, and they find three siblings in it, and then they have to take care of them for, for, um, for two days. Um, who is your favorite character in Playing With Fire, and who is the character who made you laugh the most? My favorite character is probably going to be John Cena, who plays Jake Carson. He had a lot of character development in the film, and he was really funny. And the person that made me laugh the most was Keegan-Michael Key, who plays Mark. He was hilarious throughout the movie, and it was really fun seeing him on screen. Um, what was your favorite scene of the film, and which scene made you laugh the most? That's a hard one, because there's a lot of the scenes in that movie that are um, pretty good. But my favorite scene, I would say, is probably is probably the scene where John Cena's character gets off the phone with um, the commander, and he's um, one, and he's in mind for one like so the commander. Uh, was calls him because he wants to t- he wants him to take his place when he retires and he gets really happy and he starts dancing and then it's really funny and then and then they look up at a picture of his his dad and and it's because his dad always wanted him to become commander and they and it's just really funny when you see it because um, Keegan Michael Key's character hands him a box of tissues, and it's really funny. <laughs> um, what is your favorite aspect of the film, despite how, or other than how funny it was? Um, my favorite aspect of the film, except how funny it was, is that it, it gets emotional at times. And when I was watching it, I almost kind of cried. And it was it was really sad at sometimes, but then it just overlaps out with um, with being funny. But it could get really sad and emotional. Sounds like a good balance of comedy and heart. Um, do you think there were too many jokes coming at once, or was it uh, the right amount where you could like savor the jokes almost? It was it was the right amount. Sometimes it could be too many, but it wasn't really like overpowering like the other aspects of the film. Um, and it sounds like, so they're firefighters, and you talked about fire jumping. 
Um, so I imagine there, there's a lot of comedy in this film. But did you find that the uh, the fire jumping scenes were believable or even like intense? Yeah, sometimes they're intense, and but when they jumped into the fires, it, it really like gave it really gave you some hope that like because there's a lot of fires all over the place and it gave me like hope that like they're gonna save these people and it was yeah it was in some in a little intense but not really you're listening to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids network today we're talking about klaus the current war studio movie grill and um right now i'm talking with leandro about playing with fire so let's continue the interview um, so you said you liked John Cena a lot. I'm curious. Um, what did, did you, um, what was your sort of, um, what did you know? Like, had you, were you familiar with John Cena beforehand? Yes, I was. I saw him, I used to see him like wrestle on the WWE and that was really fun too. And it was re- really fun seeing him in this movie. Uh, and can you t- elaborate a little more on his performance? Um, his performance was great. I've seen him in other movies, and he's done a really good job. In this movie, he was doing like he was doing um, a really great job. Um, and you talked about K- Keegan Michael Key a little bit. What did you like about his performance? Oh, his performance was hilarious. He's a comedian, so it was obvious that he would play a funny role, and he smashed it out of the ballpark. And um, how did the the um, the kids from the movie do? Were they funny? Um, and did they communicate the movie's heart well? Yes, they did. They were kind of like the cent- like um, the centerpiece of like all the emotional scenes. And it, yeah, they act. They were really good in the movie too. They were also funny. And Brianna Hildebrand, who plays um, Bryn in the movie. Um, really had like a lot of heart to her character and a lot of funniness. Um, and do you think this is a film families would enjoy, and why? Yeah, I I think this is a um a movie that all families would enjoy. It um grandparents can watch it with their families, and yeah. Well, it sounds like you um it sounds like you really like this movie. I I may have to check it out. So, who do you think will most enjoy this movie? Uh, well, I think it would be for um, ages from like 6 to 12, but th- they can watch it with the whole families, and adults might like it also. All right, and what star rating would you give this film? I'll give this a 4 out of 5. All right. Um, well, thank you for talking with me today about playing with fire. Thank you. Um, let's take a break. I'm Benjamin Price, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Sonic Boom Season 2, Volume 1. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Sahiba and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking with Sergio Pavlos on Klaus, The Current War, The Studio Movie Grill, Playing With Fire, and right now I'm gonna, I'm gonna be talking with Benjamin about the Middleburg Film Festival. Welcome back, Benjamin. Thank you. So can you tell me a little bit about your experience and how you enjoyed this film festival? Um, sure. The Middleburg Film Festival takes place in Middleburg, Virginia, um, in the middle of October every year. And um, they show uh, a variety of films, dramas, comedies, documentaries. Um, and usually uh, they end up showing films that factor into the Oscar conversation the following year. Like last year they had Green Book, which ended up winning Best Picture. Um, and I, I really love this festival. It's a lot of fun. Um, you can see a lot of different movies, and um, there's a lot of people there who are really excited about movies and um, enjoy talking about them, um, and the town itself is just lovely. Yeah, that's so funny. I remember actually speaking with you last year about this film festival, and we were talking about Green Book, and that's really cool. Yeah, it got nominated for an Oscar. So what movies um, did you get to see this time? Um, I got to see four movies. I saw The Two Popes, Ford v. Ferrari, Just Mercy, and Harriet. Nice. And so what did you think of these movies? Did you have a favorite? Uh, Ford v. Ferrari, easily. Uh, yeah, I loved this movie. I guess I'll probably end up talking about it soon on this show. But, um, yeah, I just, it's thrilling. It's really exciting. And it's it's totally worth seeing on the big screen. Um, it really just, it wowed me on every level. Um, I was, I just, I loved the movie. That's great to hear. And what's it about? It's such a unique title. Um, so basically, so Carol Shelby... Um, and Ken Miles, so Carol Shelby represented a racer named Ken Miles, 
and the Ford Company came to Carroll Shelby. Um, and this is set in the 1960s. Um, and the Ford Company came to Carroll Shelby to um, try to help them win the 24 Hours of Le Mans, which is a 24-hour race in Europe um, that's very difficult. And uh, Ferrari, another car company, um, had dominated this race for years. And so they were trying to um, trying to beat that um, dominance. Wow, that is a very interesting topic. And so do you think um, any of the movies you saw could be nominated for Oscars maybe next time? Certainly. I think the two popes, um, it actually ended up winning the award, the main award at the festival. And I really enjoyed the movie. I don't think I loved it as much as everybody else did. But um, I think it's going to be um, quite a large player in next year's Oscars. I think we're talking best picture, best actor, best supporting actor. They recreated the Vatican for the movie. So best production design, certainly. Um, and then I saw Harriet, which I think the performance from Cynthia Erivo as Harriet Tubman is pretty fantastic. So I think she has a shot at Best Actress. I think Harriet has a shot at um, Best Original Song. Um, and Ford v. Ferrari, I think, across the board has a pretty um, solid chance at getting into um, many of the categories. Oh, that's really exciting. I'm so curious to see um, in the Oscars and whether your predictions come true. That'll be fun to see. So I'm also curious, did you get to um, attend any of the question and answer panels or meet anyone from the movies? Yeah, I did. Three of my screenings were um, Q&As, fortunately. Um, And those were all a lot of fun. It was cool to see the movie and then get even more insight about how it was made. So, um... Let's see. For the first Q&A, it was the two popes, and they talked to writer. So, But for Harriet, they talked to director Cassie Lemons and the composer Terrence Blanchard. And for Just Mercy, they talked to actress They talked to actress Karen Kendrick. And for the two popes, they talked to screenwriter Anthony McCartan, who um, worked on Bohemian Rhapsody, The Theory of Everything, and Darkest Hour. Wow, that's... Some pretty star-packed um, panels. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Klaus, the current war, the studio movie grill, playing with fire, and I'm going to continue talking with Benjamin about the Middleburg Film Festival. So you just told me of these all these panels that you got to attend. And so what were some of the questions you asked and um, answers you received, and what did you learn overall? Um, well, unfortunately, the, the Q&As were pretty uh, crowded, so I didn't really get a chance to ask a question in any of them, but I will tell you some of the questions that other people asked. Um, Just Mercy, the actress, has asked a lot about how the project sort of came to be and um, talked about the, just the inspiring story at the center of that film. Um, Harriet, there were a lot of questions about... Um, sort of bringing Harriet Tubman's legacy to the screen. And the Two Popes um, was a Q&A with uh, New York Time, former New York Times film critic Janet Maslin talking to Anthony McCartan um, just about um, how he came up with the idea for the, uh, the Two Popes. Nice. And so um, I know you mentioned earlier that Two Popes had gotten the main award. And so do you think, uh, were there any other awards that were given out to the movies you watched? Um, there, are, there are only two awards at the festival, and the, uh, there's one for documentaries. 
and it um it went to Willie, which is about um one of the first African American hockey players in the NHL. Um, but I did not get a chance to see that film. That said, they did have um they actually had the Stanley Cup from this year on display at one of the buildings in Middleburg, but I didn't I didn't get a chance to see that. Wow. And um what was the um award that was given to two popes? Was it best picture? Um, it was yeah, it was the audience favorite. Oh, awesome. And did you get to vote in the audience favorite? I did. The really cool thing, something I really enjoy about the film festival. This is my first one, so I don't know how others do it. Um, or this is the only festival I've been to. Um, so they give you little ballots going in, and you can mark your ballot and give it to them when you go out. Um, so, yeah, and I think that's how they sort of tally up the votes. Um, I gave a three to three stars out of four to Just Mercy. I gave four to Ford v. Ferrari, three to two Popes, and three to Harriet. Very cool. Um, that's such a uh, fun, like, participating event, and um, it's such a cool experience. And so, yeah, and so what would you say your favorite part about attending this event was? I'm just getting to meet so many different people, you know, I, um, I saw a lot of these films um, because a lot of them were sold out. I ended up seeing a lot of them on my own. So um, I took the shuttle service and I got to meet a lot of really cool people. And like I said, like people who are here, people are at the festival are just so excited and passionate about film. And it's really cool to um, just meet some people who are as passionate about something as you are. Um, So that was a really fun experience. And yeah, just getting to connect with all these new people. Yeah, just listening to it, it sounds like so much fun, and I'm so glad you got to go. Do you think um, you'll go again next year? Um, absolutely, I really hope so, and um, I hope to see even more next year. Yeah, that's wonderful. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you, Benjamin. And thank so you. Thank- yeah, and thank you so much for being here today. And so thank you all so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, KidsWorld.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality. Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by Sonic Boom Season 2 Volume 1. I'm Sahiba. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode, and tune in again next week.